This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. If you've been waiting for our special announcement, here it is. Me and the Colonel, we're going to be in Nashville July 9th doing a live event at Fat Bottom Brewery. Tickets go on sale this Friday at noon Eastern at truecrimegarage.com. And for more details about the event, check out truecrimegarage.com. Hope to see you there. Make sure you get your tickets this Friday. Thank you for all the support. Cheers, mates. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who has never been cuckoo, but he's always been loco. Here is the captain. Not true. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. This week, we are very happy to be featuring Moon Juice Galactic India Pale Ale. This baby is nice and hoppy with just the right amount of peach, apricot, and tropical fruit to smooth it out, making this I to the P to the A deliciously crushable. ABV 7.3% garage grade 4 and a half bottle caps out of 5. And I got this one from some of our good, good friends who stopped by to see us at CrimeCon. This is from Whitney and Holly in Arizona. So a double cheers to the both of you. And a big shout out to Brooke in West Bend, Wisconsin. Next up, we have a cheers to Driscoll in Kennewick, Washington. And a big We Like Your Jib goes out to Sebastian in Somerset, UK. And last but certainly not least, we have Thomas Jankowski and Angela Wilson in the beautiful sunny parts unknown. Everyone we just mentioned They went to truecrimegarage.com and helped us out with this week's beer fund. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, B-W-E-W-R-U-N. Make sure you're taking your cans, your beer cans, inside. Don't leave them out on the porch in parts unknown. We're having a, a raccoon problem. They like to guzzle the beer. And that's enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around. Grab a chair. Grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Island serial killer. This killer has a type. Ten bodies were found near a remote beach. We were dealing with a serial killer. All four killed by one killer. The Long Island serial killer. In January of 2020. The Suffolk County, New York Police, and the new police commissioner, Gerald Dean Hart, launched the website gilgonews.com as a platform for background information and updates on the still-unsolved Long Island serial killer case. The following is a general timeline posted on gilgonews.com. During the early morning hours of May 1st, 2010, Shannon Gilbert, a Craigslist sex worker, traveled with her driver, Michael Pack, from Manhattan to meet a client, Joseph Brewer, 
at his home in the Oak Beach Association. Gilbert's driver remained in his car while she met with the client. At some point during the meeting, Gilbert reportedly began acting irrational, prompting her client to contact the driver and have Gilbert leave his home. After refusing to leave the location at the request of her client, Gilbert eventually fled on foot into the Oak Beach community. Gilbert knocked on several doors and interacted with two homeowners within the community before disappearing. Both Brewer and Pack cooperated with police and have been interviewed and fully investigated. On December 11, 2010, eight months after the search for Gilbert began, a Suffolk County Police Department canine unit continued the search for Gilbert near her last known whereabouts. Instead of finding Gilbert, however, they uncovered human remains that were later identified as 24-year-old Melissa Bartholomew. Two days after the discovery of Bartholomew, three additional victims were located along Ocean Parkway. The remains later identified as Marine Bernard Barnes, age 25, Amber Lynn Costello, 27, and Megan Waterman, age 22. All worked as Craigslist escorts and were last seen between July 2007 and September 2010. The investigation into Shannon Gilbert's disappearance continued. Several months later, the remains of another woman who worked as an escort were discovered several miles east of where the Gilgo Beach Four were found. This set of partial skeleton remains, unearthed on March 29, 2011, known as Jane Doe No. 5. The investigation matched the remains of Jane Doe No. 5 to identified partial remains of Jessica Taylor, previously discovered in Manorville on July 26, 2003. She also worked as an escort. This is the first connection between the Gilgo homicides and Manorville. Following this connection between Gilgo Beach and Manorville, the investigation expanded again. On April 4, 2011, three more sets of remains were found on Ocean Parkway in Suffolk County. One set was that of a female toddler. Another was a yet-to-be-identified Asian male. The third was initially referred to as Jane Doe No. 6. A week later, the investigation uncovered two additional sets of remains along Ocean Parkway in Nassau County. One set, through DNA analysis, was confirmed to be the mother of the female toddler. The mother's partial remains were first discovered in Hempstead Lake State Park in 1997, and she has become known as Peaches due to a tattoo of a peach on her body. The other set discovered in Nassau County was genetically matched with remains discovered in 1996 in Davis Park on Fire Island, significantly expanding the timeline and geographic reach of the Gilgo Beach homicide investigation. Originally known as Manorville Jane Doe, Jane Doe No. 6, found on April 4, 2011, was confirmed by the Suffolk County Police Department's homicide unit to match with remains discovered in Manorville on November 19, 2000. Recreational hunters came across these remains. A white female with brown hair located off a Halsey Manor Road in a wooded area. The investigation determined that these remains had been in this location since the end of 2000. Most significantly, in May of 2020, Jane Doe No. 6 was identified as Valerie Mack. Mack's remains were identified with the assistance of the FBI using advanced forensic DNA technology. Valerie Mack disappeared at the age of 24 while living in Philadelphia, worked as an escort, but is confirmed to have worked in Philadelphia, not New York. Mack also used the alias Melissa Taylor. Mack's family members provided additional DNA samples and confirmed that they last saw Mack in the spring and summer of 2000 in Port Republic in New Jersey. While she was not reported missing, this information aligned with the previous determination that Mack's remains were dumped in Manorville in 2000. In early December 2011, Suffolk County Police found Shannon Gilbert's purse and mobile phone in Oak Beach Marshlands. Two days later, a quarter mile east of her belongings, Gilbert's remains were located. 
In 2020, former Suffolk County Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart released previously undisclosed evidence to the public in an effort to advance the investigation. Police released photos of a belt believed to be handled by the suspect, not belonging to any of the victims. Found on the belt were what investigators believed to be someone's initials stamped on one side. These letters are WH or HM. In 2022, current Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney K. Harrison established a multi-agency task force that includes the FBI, New York State Police, Suffolk County District Attorney's Office, and the Suffolk County Sheriff's Office to reinvigorate the investigation and bring the person or persons responsible for these crimes to justice. Anyone with information should contact one of these agencies or please call Crime Stoppers at one 800 220-TIPS, T-I-P-S. This massive investigation for a predator or predators now known as the Long Island serial killer all started with one phone call. Shannon Gilbert calling 911 in May of 2010 led to the discovery of multiple females, one male and a toddler, who were robbed of their lives between 1996 and 2010. Shannon Gilbert's 911 call led to one of the most consequential homicide investigations in the history of Long Island. And now, 12 years later, we are right back here where it all started, with the newly released Shannon Gilbert 911 call. This is True Crime Garage. The Long Island Serial Killer. This killer has a type. Bodies were found near a remote beach. We were dealing with a serial killer. All four killed by one killer. The Long Island serial killer. Well, here we sit 12 years later. When we started this gig back in 2015, this was the first case that we covered in more than one episode, and we stuck with it. We stuck with the Long Island serial killer investigation and covered the story as much as we could. In fact, we did back-to-back episodes, episodes 4 and 5 in 2015, episode 20 in 2016, and then we had our good friend Josh Zeman on the show in episode 61 to cover the killing season, his documentary that covered a portion of the Long Island serial killer case And then in episode 74, we gave you another update, a LISC update, as we titled it, which, of course, LISC standing for Long Island Serial Killer. So we started this journey in 2015, and on the big show here in the garage, 2017 was the last time that we have taken a look at this case. We've revisited the case from time to time with any new evidence or new information that has came out on our other show, Off the Record. And here we are, all of these years later, sticking with it, because finally, it was called for when Shannon Gilbert went missing. It was called for when the bodies were being recovered, when the remains were being found in the Gilgo Beach area. It was called for again when Robert Coker's book, The Lost Girls, came out. And it was called for again when the Gilbert family disputed the medical examiner's findings saying that her death was not a homicide after her body was finally recovered. And now it's finally released. The Shannon Gilbert 911 call. Yes, Colonel, it almost seems ridiculous that it took so long to be released. So let's not take much longer to dive into our breakdown of this call. Now we've been teased with this information that the 911 call would be coming out for years now. And there were several different times that the captain and I were convinced, hey, this call is finally going to be released. It's going to happen next week or later this week. And then it never came about. There was always somebody somewhere along the line that was shutting it down from getting out to the public. But now it's finally here. And what we have is we have the Suffolk County Sheriff's Office who is telling us that this is the information. We, we are now ready to release this 911 call to you, the public. We believe that it is important for you to hear it, and we encourage you to listen to it in its entirety. There is some difficult audio along the way. So what they have provided us with is they had their task force 
and an audio and visual expert team get together and put together some legit information and offer transcripts for the voices and for the words that are being spoken in the recording. All of this is available on the gilgonews.com website. Again, that's the informational website that was put together to offer concrete factual information in the Long Island serial killer investigation, the ongoing investigation. Now, for those of you who are new to our show or maybe new to true crime and are unaware of this case, that's understandable because this was big time news 12 years ago, 2010. This was huge news. You couldn't, if you were looking or reading true crime, this case was all over the place, especially on the internet. And as we said, we covered it several times here in the garage. You're welcome to go back and listen to those episodes as well as the trailer for today, which gives a nice, complete background, a shortened version of the information that's necessary to be aware of here in this case. And it's so important to point out if Shannon didn't make this 911 call, if her family didn't push law enforcement to look for her, we may never have found these other victims. That's exactly right, Captain. So a little background information. Shannon Gilbert was a woman who mysteriously disappeared. Her disappearance led to the discovery of 10 other bodies alongside Ocean Parkway. It's unclear if her death is connected to these other cases. But as you said, we don't start finding these remains unless they are out looking for Shannon Gilbert. Over the years, we have had Mary Gilbert, Shannon's mother, who filed a lawsuit against Suffolk County Police Department seeking the release of these recordings and transcripts. The police claimed releasing it may jeopardize the ongoing investigation, but now here we sit in 2022, they are in fact releasing them and have said that they now believe that this information will not impede their investigation. Also, what we are told by the current police commissioner, Rodney K. Harrison, is that what we will be hearing is Shannon Gilbert's 911 call as well as two other calls. And straight from their website and for the website on information in this case, gilgonews.com, where you can find those recordings, it states that we are going to hear two other calls that were placed by residents of Oak Beach. Now, you won't have to go to that website because we are going to play those calls for you today, as well as offer some analysis as to what we believe that we are hearing or insights and as it may work into the Long Island serial killer investigation. Well, let's start this off with the intro that law enforcement gives to the 911 call. I'm Detective Lieutenant Kevin Byra, the commanding officer of the Suffolk County Police Homicide Section. This video was made to explain the circumstances surrounding the three 911 calls made on the day Shannon Gilbert went missing. The full, unedited 911 calls are available, and I encourage people to listen to them in their entirety. Portions of the call taken out of context will sound sensational. During the early morning hours of May 1st, 2010, Shannon Gilbert, a Craigslist sex worker and resident of Jersey City, New Jersey, traveled from Manhattan to meet a client, Joseph Brewer, at his home at 8 The Fairway, Oak Beach, New York. Shannon was driven to Oak Beach from Manhattan by her driver, Michael Pack. Neither one was familiar with the area, neither one had been there before, and neither one had met Brewer before. Pack waited in the car while Shannon was inside with Brewer. Pack was her de facto security. At 4.51 a.m., while at Brewer's house, Shannon called 911. This call lasts for more than 21 minutes. At times, Shannon is speaking calmly, but slurring her words. At times, she is not responsive, and at times, she is screaming. During this call, Brewer and Pack are heard trying to get Shannon to leave the house. Shannon eventually does leave the house and runs to Gus Coletti's house, located at 17 The Fairway, which causes him to call 911 at 5.22 a.m. This is the start of the Shannon Gilbert 911 call. Oh, nine, how can I assist you? Hello? Hello? Hello, you dialed into the 911 system. How can I assist you? Hello? Do you need the police? Where? 
Where? Who's there with you? Hello? Uh, What's going on? Oh, there's somebody asking. What? Somebody asking me. Somebody is harassing you? Asking me. Who? Let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. I'm at Jones Beach. You're at Jones Beach? All right, let me connect you to state police. Stay on the line. Okay, so we don't hear Shannon Gilbert screaming bloody murder, obviously, at this point in the 911 call. She's calling in. She sounds a little incoherent to me, a little out of it, and she's saying in slurred speech, and again, I can only give my opinion as to what I what my ears are telling me that I'm hearing, but I'm hearing slurred speech of someone's after me, and it's clear that it's not clear to the operator because the operator continues to ask her, what are you saying? She's asking for clarification. Now, of course... We now know what the emergency is. We have a woman that's afraid. She believes that there's someone after her. And the 911 operator wants to establish where Shannon is, where is she located, so that we can send help to her. And unfortunately, Shannon is not really clear about where she is. She knows that she's on Long Island. She's not certain of the county, but she's asking the operator if you can trace this call, if you can trace my location. We hear a male voice in the background to which the operator is now saying, let me speak with him. I want to talk to that guy that I'm hearing. Keep in mind, Shannon Gilbert at this point, we know that it's in the four o'clock hour early in the morning. So they've been up all night partying by this point. She was driven there by her driver, Michael Pack, late the night before. We're now at the 4 a.m. hour. She's calling 911 and she's still at Joseph Brewer's home during the early part of this call. Right. And so that is Joseph Brewer, according to the Suffolk County Police Department, that is Joseph Brewer that we are hearing in the background. Yeah, possibly Joseph Brewer, possibly another male. There could be multiple males in the background. It's so hard to hear what the background noise is. And I don't know if she's technically slurring her words or if she is just mumbling, because I kind of wonder... The stuff she's asking for when she's saying, hey, somebody's after me and can you trace my call? These are things that maybe you wouldn't want the the males in the room to hear that you're calling 911. I do like the fact that the 911 operator is like, hey, let me talk to him. <laughs> I'm going to talk to this individual that's after you. Yeah, she's trying to assess the situation and she's not able to get much information or any useful information from Shannon who called 911. Once she figures out that she's in a different location, this is where she transfers Shannon's call. Why? You got to talk louder to them. Why? Why? State police, keep it free. State police. Yeah, there's somebody asking me. I'm sorry? There's somebody after me. Where are you? There's somebody after me. Okay, where are you? There's somebody after me. Where are you, ma'am? I don't know. You're driving right now? No, I'm inside the house. I'm sorry? I'm inside the house. What house? I don't know. Can you trace where I am? I'm sorry? Can you trace where I am? No, I can't. What's your callback number you're calling from? Huh? What phone number are you calling from? Somebody's asking me. Please. Are you in Suffolk County or Nassau County? Um, I'm in Long Island. Where on Long Island are you? It takes Shannon a little bit of time to reply to the 911 operator once she is transferred, but she is clearly talking more clearly now but what i don't understand is when she starts asking her 
other questions other than what's wrong, she keeps repeating herself, somebody's after me. Yeah, again, she's not offering very good information. And so the operator, the 911 operator, has transferred her to the state police because off of very little information, the operator believes that this is a police matter, that, that the caller is not requesting the fire department or EMTs, that this is a police matter. So now she's going to transfer to the state police who still are trying to figure out where the caller is in the state of New York, right? So it's, it's a large state. They're going to try to figure out where she is so that we can really hone in on her location and get the proper authorities to her exact location to interview her on the scene, to take a police report at this home. Again, she's also asking, can you trace my call? Because I don't know where I'm at. But the the term somebody is after me, that is I'm in danger is basically what she's saying in my mind. Yes, she believes that she is in danger, according to those words. Yeah, so she's not completely responsive to the 911 operator, but she is talking more clearly. There's definitely something wrong with her, but there's definitely something wrong with this situation because she doesn't feel safe in this situation. And we don't know how many men are at this house and who is there that is making her feel uncomfortable. I mean, uncomfortable enough to call 911. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. 
Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Cheers, everybody. Cheers to you, Captain. So everyone's talking about or watching this Johnny Depp trial The company who is streaming it is called Law and Crime, and they have this great daily Depp recap podcast called Law and Crime Sidebar. Each morning, they recap the top three moments from the trial and provide analysis with the reporters who are actually in the courtroom. It's called Law and Crime Sidebar, and it's available on Apple, Spotify, and there's a video version of it on YouTube. We wanted to make sure that we included that for you guys today from our friends over at law and crime sidebar. Yeah. And to quote Johnny Depp from the trial, Colonel, you read that very well. All right, let's get back into this Shannon Gilbert, nine one one call. Okay. What's the girl? What's the girl? No. No, stop, no. Where in Long Island are you? In Suffolk County? Nassau County? Huh? All right. Why are you calling me by my name? Why? So what you're hearing here, and again, the background noise is inaudible. It's very difficult to tell who is speaking and what they are saying. But it's interesting to know what's going on in the background, right? Because we are sitting here trying to figure out what Shannon is experiencing and why she feels that her life is in danger, why she feels like somebody is after her, and who might be these people that she's with. Now, we know that she's at Joseph Brewer's home And again, according to the Suffolk County Police Department, the male voice that you are hearing in the background at this last clip that we've just covered is Joseph Brewer. And according to their transcript, what he is saying is, yeah, he wants to talk to you. The guy wants to talk to you. Shannon Gilbert says no. And so based off of this transcription, I would believe or at least believe that the Suffolk County Police Department believe that Joseph Brewer is speaking directly to Shannon at this point. What's interesting to me, though, is that he says, 
yeah, he wants to talk to you. The guy wants to talk to you. I'm a little, I'm not liking that sentence there here, captain, because he's supposed to be hosting a party uh, from what we've been told. It's a small gathering of men. And then they've hired Shannon to come in and entertain during the course of that night. Mm -hmm. I don't like when I hear somebody saying the guy wants to talk to you. He should know everybody's name that's in his home. And I believe that maybe he's purposely not saying this man's name or he does not know the man's name, which either way, I don't like it. I think either way, it's it's suspicious behavior. I agree, and I think it points to the, the person that is after her. Now, on the flip side of the pendulum, I'd say maybe he's saying the guy wants to talk to you, and he's referring to uh, Michael Pack, her driver. That's That's a great analysis because he likely does not know Michael Pack's name. Right. And he probably doesn't know what title to give the guy, you know, your driver, your security, your pimp. I mean, he probably does not know what to call the guy. So maybe he right. is referring to Michael Pack here. But the reaction from Shannon is that whoever it is that Joseph Brewer is telling her to speak with, she keeps saying, no, no. She clearly does not want to speak with whoever Joseph Brewer is telling her to talk to. But interesting enough, it doesn't seem like she's afraid of Brewer himself there's no screaming there i don't hear any like terror in her voice mm -hmm. again she's in a state that i don't know that that we're going to be able to decipher a lot based off of her the, the her voice and her tone but clearly she's feels afraid enough to call 911 at this point but the other confusing thing too and this might have to do with her 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 mental state at this point or her physical state or both she keeps saying something like, why is he saying my name or, you know, yeah. and I thought maybe that had to do with sometime, sometimes if you're, you're an escort or, or exotic dancer, you may have a stage name or a name that is used during the course of your business. Mm -hmm. But it sounds to me like she is being called Shannon, but it is also a little confused as to why anybody would be calling her that. Yeah. Maybe this guy figured out her real name. And she doesn't want him using her real name. One of my biggest issues with this case, though, is, like you said, her state of mind. What was she doing that day? What were what kind of drugs were being taken at this party? But also, was she aware of whatever drugs somebody gave her? Well, and keep in mind, too, that by this point, we've been given a timeline from law enforcement years ago and from people that are closer to this case. What we've been told was that at some point in the course of the night, they left and went to a CVS to pick up a couple items at a CVS, and it's believed that a possible drug deal took place during the course of either to and from CVS or at the CVS. So as you pointed out, there are, not, there are narcotics at this party. It wouldn't be out of question or out of the realm of possibility that that Shannon brought with her some narcotics that evening. And at the very least, we may not know exactly what she knows or what kind of substances are available or that they are doing that night. But I would believe that if she was along for that ride to the CVS, which we have been told in the past that she was, that she witnessed whatever it was that was picked up. There's also been some thought and speculation over the years that maybe this this pickup was at her request. Yeah, a lot of unknowns. But I go back to the story, and it's a famous story, of George Harrison and John Lennon. They ate dinner with a dentist, and he put LSD into their tea or coffee. And so these two individuals are now high on LSD and have no clue that they were drugged by this dentist. Whatever happened to them that day, if something bad would have happened to them, the onus would be on that dentist. And so I, I really question what was fed to her in drinks, whether it was a roofie or it was adding uh, pills or, or something, some kind of cocktail 
to whatever she had. Kenny, you on the line? Stop. Stop it, please. Please stop. Please, can you shut the door? No, time to go. Please. 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 Go that way, please. Come on, let's go. Come on, we're all going to say, let's go. Come on, 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 why? Why? Why are you guys doing this to me? Doing what, this. What county are you in, ma'am? Doing this. Why are you calling me by my name? Again, I have a lot of frustration about this call because I want to scream to Shannon, why aren't you interacting with the 911 operator? I also want to scream to her, why are you not leaving? Because you hear two male voices in the background at this point. Before, we just had the one, which we were being told it was Joseph Brewer. Now, we have Michael Pack. So, you might be right there, Captain, with the the guy wants to talk to you. Joseph Brewer may have been referring to Michael Pack. At this point, we have Michael Pack, who is, he's come into the home, or at least the door is open, and he is interacting with Shannon Gilbert, and he says simply, you okay? You know, checking in on her. Right. And he's like, hey, let's go. And Joseph Brewer is is actively trying to get Shannon Gilbert to leave. He doesn't seem to be bothered that she's on the phone with somebody. Maybe he doesn't know that she's on the phone. As you said earlier, it's difficult to tell if this phone is up to her ear and mouth so that she could talk to the emergency services or if she's got it held away from her her face at this point, because at sometimes she sounds like she's very distant from the phone. But what we have here, and I'm kind of picturing this as we, we go through it, we have Michael Pack, who's trying to get Shannon to leave. We have Joseph Brewer, who's trying to get Shannon to leave. Right. And we've all been in this situation, and not this exact situation, but we've been in situations like this, and it's very annoying when you're with a an inebriated friend that you're trying to get them to go home or trying to get them to do something. Mm -hmm. And at some point you resort to baby steps of, well, if we can just get he or she to do this one thing, maybe it'll have a domino effect and we can get the end result that we want. The end result that that sounds clear to me, me is that Michael Pack wants her to go home and Joseph Brewer wants Shannon Gilbert to go home. And so at some point you have Joseph Brewer going, hey, let's go outside. I'll show you something. All three of us are going to go outside, meaning him, Michael Pack, and Shannon Gilbert. Let's just go outside and we'll talk about it out there. Almost like, hey, let's get the baby steps going here. Let's at least get her out of the house. And maybe if we get her out of the house, we can convince her to get into Michael Pack's Suburban and then they can return to Manhattan or wherever it is that Joseph Brewer believed that they came from. Yeah, and just based off this part of the call, it's hard to believe that there's something really nefarious going on between Pack and Brewer because they don't seem to be at all concerned with, hey, get off the phone. No, they don't. So it doesn't matter who she's calling. She she could be talking to her mother. She could talk be talking to law enforcement. It doesn't really matter who she's calling we don't have a concern with that. I think you would have a way bigger concern with who she's talking to and what information she's trying to give out if there was something very nefarious going on, at least between those two individuals. The thing that's shocking to me, though, Captain, is that it appears that Shannon does not want to have anything to do with Michael Pack. She's not leaving with him. She doesn't seem to want to talk to him. Maybe it's unclear to her who... Joseph Brewer was referring to when he said the guy wants to talk to you. Yeah, but now that he's in front of your face. Yeah, she doesn't she's not cooperating with Michael Pack, who should be her friend in all of this, right? Whatever label you want to give him, 
We know that he was the driver for her that night. It's been stated that he was her driver on previous occasions. And also, technically, his job is also not just to transport her, but to protect her. Yeah, add some element of security but for her. There's some problems with some of this stuff. Is if I was in her situation, I wouldn't go into this house by myself. Why didn't Pack go in? the house with her did something happen during this party maybe it wasn't by brewer maybe it was by somebody else what if some sicko whispered something into her ear oh when i get you alone i'm going to kill you or something uh, or somebody was too aggressive with her and now she's mad at pack because you put me in this situation you're supposed to help protect me that's part of your job Right, but we it would be silly for us to try to figure out the business arrangements between Shannon and Michael Pack, but it would also be extremely odd for Michael Pack to enter the premises with Shannon because the client is immediately going to say, I paid for you to be here, not for him to be here. And he can provide that security on the outside. As silly as it sounds, that's typically how these things go down well i disagree with you i i don't know much about this profession i do know that i've been to two bachelor parties at somebody's house where they hired a stripper they came in with security security stayed with them the whole time both of my buddies got too drunk started getting handsy with the strippers the security told them to stop they wouldn't stop so they left and they still had to pay full price but whatever has happened at this point, again, she's not in any rush to leave with Michael Pack, who is supposed to be her lifeline, whether he's outside or inside the home. Yeah, and then that makes you wonder if there was some kind of argument or disagreement with them. But it seems pretty clear on the transcript that Pack is asking her, hey, are you okay? And she's just not even being responsive towards that. But it definitely seems like there is now becoming a escalation in this situation. Please. No, please. No, stop it, please. Stop it, please. Please stop it. 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 Here things are ramping up here rather quickly by this point. And again, we still have the two male voices in the background, Joseph Brewer and Michael Pack. At one point, Brewer is saying to Shannon, well, actually, he's saying this to Michael Pack, saying, hey, you take her and I'm going to go upstairs. Keep in mind, this is 4 a.m. in the morning at this point. He's probably telling the driver, like, this is kind of your problem now, buddy. I've called you to retrieve her, right? and you're here. I don't know why she doesn't want to leave with you, but I'm going upstairs, meaning I'm going to bed, and you can handle this. Take her out of here and get her home. Then we have Michael Pack, who's interacting with Shannon. That's when Shannon starts saying, why, what, are you going to kill me? And, and Michael yeah. Pack even says no at some point. So we know that that question or at least Michael Pack believed that question was directed to him because he offers a response. She says, you know, I'm not going outside. They want her to go outside. They want her to leave. And she's pushing back on that, saying, I'm not going outside. Where are we? We're out in the middle of nowhere. And Michael Pack is actually trying to explain to her 
as best he can or as best as he knows where they are. Right. It's such a confusing situation. You wonder what happened at the party. Did she get paid? Is she not leaving because she didn't get paid? It seems to me that she's not leaving because she's afraid that once she leaves this location that something bad is going to happen to her. The thing is here, Captain, it sounds to me, if, if I'm basing off my opinion off of what I've just heard, the short snippet that I've just heard, it sounds to me like she's afraid or suspicious of going with Michael Pack. She comes to the party with Pack. Pack and her work as a team. That's her safety net. She goes to this party. Something happens at the party, and now she's afraid to leave? The safety should be with Pack. The safety should be with leaving the party, getting away from whoever. It's the opposite of what you think that she would be thinking. But it's not every day you hear on a 911 call, hey, they're after me, or they're plotting to kill me, or are you going to kill me? Something's not right there. And on top of that, oh, we know what happens. She ends up dead. The Long Island serial killer. This killer has a type. Ten bodies were found near a remote beach. We were dealing with a serial killer. All four killed by one killer. The Long Island serial killer. Thank you so much for joining us here in the garage. So much more to get to in tomorrow's episode. But if you need more True Crime Garage in your earballs, check out our bonus show called Off the Record. It's only available on Stitcher Premium. You can find a link on our website at truecrimegarage.com. It's $5 a month. You get our bonus content and you get anybody else's podcast that is on Stitcher Premium's bonus content with that $5 a month. Great value, so check that out at truecrimegarage.com. And until tomorrow, be good, be kind, and don't litter. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.